You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. So you think you've got what it takes to join the Alliance. Can you say the same thing when you're pitted against the Emperor's legions of stormtroopers, led by his Sith Enforcer Darth Vader? Mind you, this is the Empire that wiped out the Jedi Order and took over the Republic in a near-perfect coup. The course you will take is a dangerous one, and we are vastly outnumbered. We need beings of courage, intelligence, and strength of will. Commanders Michael Cohen and Matthew Frankie are waiting to debrief you. As veterans of the Clone Wars, they are some of the best. They even survived the Jedi Purge. You are fighting for freedom and hope now. So go on, get moving. Oh, and Rookie. Welcome to the Rebellion. Welcome back, Star Wars fans, to the Rebels podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Star Wars Rebels animated series. In this episode of the podcast, we are recapping the Star Wars Rebels episode entitled Always Two There Are. If you're checking us out for the first time, I am your co-host, Matt, the Crankster Cranky. And let me bring in your host and creator from the great white north. It's Michael Cohen. What's up, Hey, hey. I, I, we're still, I mean, as of recording... Uh, right now, tonight, we are seven weeks away from episode seven. <laughs> we just talk about that. And, yeah. uh, and, and as great as Star Wars Rebels is and everything that I said last week about like, well, you know, we're all waiting for episode seven. But remember that we have Rebels every week. Um, I just can't stop thinking about about episode seven. So before we <laughs> even started recording tonight, enough. I was like, OK, I read some <laughs> things online. We got to talk about it. <laughs> Yeah, I just it's needed very, to because I need hard. to talk to somebody. Um, yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, it, there's there there might be a little treat for people for people who want some episode seven potential spoilers and speculation Listen. after the after the credit credits roll after the the music at the end of the episode. So if you don't want to listen to that, stop listening after the music. But uh, but I <laughs> but I think I'm gonna throw some of that in there because we were recording for it. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That'll be that'll be cool. Though, spoiler. Yeah. If you, you like that kind of thing, you could stay tuned. Uh, hey, just to piggyback on, uh, since we're talking about the Force Awakens, Mike, I want to piggyback on what we we discussed uh, last week, and just real quick, um, if there's anybody out there that you know isn't totally hyped up, listen to what uh, listen to what Harrison Ford had to say on Kimmel. He was on there just I think it was last night or or something like that. And of course, he can't talk about anything, you know. And Kimmel was prodding him a little bit and giving him a hard time, but this is the one thing he could say about uh, the movie. Check this out. He's not. There wasn't room. <laughs> no. There's a very good reason. What is the reason? I can't tell you. Oh no. <laughs> you can't tell us anything about it. Nothing. <laughs> I can tell you this. What? It's really, really good. And when you say that, you mean it. Trust me. 
It's really good. Is it true that the the the, the new cast, uh, Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, uh, Adam Driver, Oscar Isaac, are phenomenal. JJ has made an incredible movie. You will not be disappointed at all. I promise you. I've heard this from uh, people here who would tell me the, the truth if they knew otherwise. Who do you like better, George Lucas? And Mike, he keeps kind of going on yeah. that. He, he, he kind of gives some love to uh, to George and some props to him. But but I tell you what, like I have never heard him say anything like that in any of the movies he's done. No matter if it's, I mean, he really loves Indiana Jones. Yeah. But I mean, no other movie have I ever heard him unless I'm missing something. Him talk like this, and and when I hear someone like him, who we all know that. A lot of times, a job is a job to him, and he doesn't really put a lot of. Um, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it's just not something that he is like super geeked out about. Yeah. But to hear him talk like that, again, it's just really hard to not hear that and go, "Wow!" I mean, he is really serious about when he says this stuff. I mean, he's, this is not like the typical um, hype on a movie like any other person would do, any other star would do. Like, it, uh, this is. An Adam Sandler, crappy Adam Sandler movie. Of course, they're going to come on and go, oh, man, it's a great movie. But like when yeah. he talks about this, you're just like, wow, he is really excited. For him, this is excited. You know what I mean? He's not one to get excited. Yeah. But I just had yeah. to share that. We, we talked about some Force Awakens stuff. And, and we'll get into some Rebels stuff real quick here. But I just had to play that because I thought that was so neat of him to say. I, did you get a chance to see that Kimmel spot? Yeah, I did. I, yeah, I absolutely okay. did. Um, it's cool because some people... There are people out there who who have read scripts and you know been uh, who are in the movie that know that it's great. Um, uh, John Vignacci, who is the, it's kind of the guy behind uh, Disney Infinity, because um, mm-hmm. they just recently announced all of the the Force Awakens stuff for Disney Infinity, and uh, he's he's read the script. And I, I thought it was it was funny because uh, in in this article on makingstarwars.net, it says uh, he also confessed he isn't an expert because he says that it's great that that fans are going to be really happy about it. So he also confesses he isn't an expert at scripts and their quality. He's not <laughs> even allowed to talk about it with the people on the team that were in the room when he read it. <laughs> <laughs> so like that's what they're talking about is like people who are making the video game, right? Because mm-hmm. um, the Force Awakens isn't getting like an official like Force Awakens the video game like previous Star Wars movies did, right? Like the prequels did, which which uh, Episode One I don't remember if Attack of the Clones ever got one. I don't think it did, but I, Episode Three got its own game. Uh, mm-hmm. Like and they were kind of titled like. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, the video game, and Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, the video game. Mm-hmm. They're not doing that for the Force Awakens, but they are doing Disney Infinity, and I think that that's kind of their plan. Is is you know as these different um, Star Wars movies come out, instead of making brand new video games, they'll just make Disney Infinity expansions, right? Um, mm-hmm. Which is kind of I for me, I I think that's kind of the smarter move. Um, right. But uh, yeah, I, I just I it's really, really interesting, the secrecy around this movie. And what's even more interesting to me is that people are perfectly fine with it. Yeah. Like the people who are yeah. being like and, and, and people are sort of saying, like, 
oh, it's crazy. We're getting so close and nobody spilled the beans. It's like, well, you can go online and you can find rumors and we don't know if they're true. Um, but I think at the end of the day, what it comes down to is that people don't want to give it away. Anybody mm-hmm. who does know what happens doesn't want to reveal it. They don't They don't want to ruin it for fans yeah. because it's that good. It's that exciting. So it's not like, you know, oh, the new Transformers movie. I read the script and it has Dinobots in it. It's, it's not like that because it's like, well, the Transformers movie will probably be a piece of junk. But with this, it's like, no, it's new Star Wars and it's exciting and it's awesome. And there's nothing. It's it's a lot like like Star Wars Rebels when it was coming out. There was no information until there was information. Mm-hmm. And it's because the people that work on it know how great it is. They know how important it is and they don't they don't give it away. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know. I just think that that's that's a really interesting aspect to Star Wars that uh, that that they are able to maintain secrecy um even in in you know 2015 and the and the era of social media and everything and and Luke Skywalker is in the movie but there has only been one leaked photo of him and at yeah. this point now yeah. it's very hard to find oh yeah. Um, yeah it's not it's not easy to come by on the internet anymore it yeah. was for a little bit there when it first leaked but it's not now right so right. um yeah i don't know i just think it's really interesting yeah well like you said as far as as nobody wants to say anything, uh, Harrison Ford said that on the Kimmel show too. He's like, you know, I don't, I don't want to ruin it. Even if I, I, obviously I know the story, but I wouldn't want to do that to the people. You know, I wouldn't want to, uh, spoil how, you know, great this is going to be. So he even mentioned that uh, on the Kimmel show too. Um, so let's talk about some, uh, rebels news real quick before we get into the recap, uh, on the, uh, rebels recon, uh, uh, Dave Filoni and Pablo Hidalgo talked about the Inquisitors, and of course we're going to get uh, first introduction in this episode to two new Inquisitors, but take a listen to what these two have to say, and I just want to ask you one thing about the at the end of this thing. It's really cool. Check it out. I mean, it's still wrapped up in mystery, and for good reason, but we now understand that the Inquisitor from season one is the Grand Inquisitor, and these two new Inquisitors follow in his footsteps. We reveal that they refer to each other as brother and sister at this point, which of course they're not related, but it's kind of to make them feel more like some kind of strange cult. They're not called Darths because they're not Sith. Right. So they're first brother, second brother, third brother. They have numbers in their names, which, I don't know, to me suggests that there's a desire for advancement. Now, what exactly they mean, we're not ready to say just yet, but it does suggest that there's a small number of them and that there's a degree of competition among them. When Kanan dispatches the first Inquisitor, that's actually the head of that group. Yeah. The Grand Inquisitor. He, so like, big kicked deal. the beehive there. Like. Yeah, it creates a vacuum, too. So now they're all competing. I will say, as we go through Season 2, you're going to find out more about where they came from. You may not get into the bureaucracy of, of the Imperial organization, but you will find out more in terms of their origins. You will learn a great deal about the Grand Inquisitor. You'll be able to guess at who the Grand Inquisitor was. This is a cruel thing to say, but it's not the first time you've ever seen him. He has been in the Clone Wars. Hmm. You just didn't know it. So Mike, uh, <laughs> check this out. Uh, of course, now we, we have confirmation that there was a Grand Inquisitor that was killed in season one. And uh, of course, he said they're not Sith and there are a small number of these Inquisitors. 
that uh, we'll find out where they've come from. But the biggest thing, obviously, was the end there when he says, um, we'll find out who the Grand Inquisitor was because we've seen him before in the Clone Wars. Yeah. Now, I am totally lost. I have no idea who that could be. Um, what do you think? Do you have an idea or no? Because he's uh, he's he's Utapawan, right? Like yeah, I uh, and yeah, I mean, could, could he be him, a big character? Or is he talking about somebody in the in background? The Wars. Um, you know, my best guess is that, and I, I like I haven't had the opportunity to go back yet, but my best guess is that season two uh third episode i think mm-hmm. uh, children of the force i think it's it's oh, okay. possible that that he was one of the children oh, of the children okay. because that would have been like 20 years prior um we don't know how old the grand inquisitor is um but i don't know even then i like, that's still kind of that's iffy because that would put him like in his 20s um, which I don't know. The Grand Inquisitor sort of struck me as a little bit more, a little bit older and yes. wiser. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. That's I, I don't be know. Yeah, because there's, there's no uh, other. I mean, we never saw him like that in the Clone Wars. So what else could it be? But maybe like a, like you said, a baby or some kind of background. I don't know, man. It's it's a trip to to try to think. I don't know, man. It's got to be it, though, right? I mean, what else could it be? Yeah, it, man, it is, it is tough. Yeah. Except there was the Utapau arc that got cut, mm-hmm. right? That didn't make it into the series. So that might be, that might be part of it. And, and here's the thing. I haven't watched those. So maybe I should watch those this weekend, <laughs> and uh, and 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 see what's in them because yeah, there is, there is that whole. Um, there's a story, a death on Utapau, and maybe, maybe the character is in there. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm just looking at the characters that are represented in that and there's inspector jen june who looks probably i think might be female um and then governor toro blom who just opening up the the, these uh character Mm -hmm. uh bios toro the governor of pow city on utapau during obi-wan kenobi and anakin skywalker's investigation of the city blom tells the jedi that their presence has upset the citizens and of his city and claims there is no separatist presence on the planet um and all i all i can see here is a is a piece of concept art and i mean he 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 could be the inquisitor um mm-hmm. yeah and then the, this other yeah, character I'd... inspector jen june is is a female um powin is the species uh let me see, Powen. Let me see if I can find any more characters. Yeah, because the know, only uh, other character that we know by I name mean, is Tion Medon, right? Um, right. Yeah. 
unless some of felonious just throwing it like out there that you know it's somebody you've seen before but it was such a a small part like like you said like maybe it was one of the children yeah. that was taken uh something super small like that that if obviously you know you're not paying attention to something like that so that's the only other thing i, I think yeah. you're onto something there though because other than that i, I can't i can't think of anything I, in season one that would point towards that um i'm just mm-hmm. looking through the episode guide right now and like i don't see anything in season one uh, uh is there anything else in season two i don't think so was, uh, yeah third episode children of the force i'm just gonna open up this episode guide and see if there are pictures but uh but yeah i don't know so you don't have any any speculation on who it would be no that's because when i heard that from 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 that clip i'm like what i wonder if wikipedia <laughs> like, somebody has done the done the work here yet um i somebody out there i mean it's been it's been a couple of days somebody out there has to have put this together by now yeah and if you do yeah, uh, let us yeah, know for sure <laughs> we'd love to hear it if you if you do know something but uh, yeah, it's, it's a very, very interesting. I think the other interesting thing is, is uh, I think it was Pablo was talking about how they are um, the, 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 the inquisitors, uh, the inquisitorious, as he calls it. I, mm-hmm. they're, they're more of like kind of like this monastic cult within the empire. Right. Um, and man, the more they describe them, the more they describe them, the more I'm hearing Knights of Ren. You know what Knights I mean? Like it just—it's yeah. so similar. Mm-hmm. It's so close. Yeah. Um, hmm. I just don't see. Yeah. I just don't see anything else going on there. But uh, let's see. I'm, yeah. I'm just opening up this this episode guide and getting these the screenshots that they have. And there's one. No, the 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 children that were in that episode, Children of the Force. I think the only ones that we saw were the Rodian and the Nautilin. I remember the Rodian, and yeah, there was, that a, was a big one as well, like Kit Fisto. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see yeah. anything else in that shot, and I think that was the only one that had the actual children in it. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely remember the Rodian because that was the one that yeah. Cad Bane yeah. went after. Yeah. Yeah. So. Right. Hmm. Gosh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, it's rough. It's difficult. Yeah, I don't this know where, where he's going with that. And, and that's and, like you said. And we're gonna have to we're gonna have to figure it out. But um, nice to know that now we can call him the Grand Inquisitor. That uh, that he has a specific yeah. name because for a little while there it was. Mm-hmm difficult to differentiate yeah. um so right. we've got so so yeah. far we yeah. have we have the grand inquisitor the seventh sister and the fifth brother but what that mm-hmm. means we have right yeah yeah exactly and we'll get into more into what uh some of like what they were talking about uh um pablo was talking about as far as the 
the yeah. competition they have in this episode as well. So, yeah, and, and if you do, seriously, if anybody listening has any clues on who it could be, definitely drop us a line on the Facebook page and we'll talk about it uh, maybe next week if we get some clues and we'll continue to, to look into that. Uh, but with that, Mike, I guess we can get into yeah. the recap. You ready? All right. Right. Lord Vader. Dispatch Inquisitor to hunt the rebels. We can't just run. Lock down the spaceport. We can't beat that blockade. The Red Blades, they took her. If only we had more allies. I know someone. My name is Rex. The commanders Gregor and Wolf. We are fighting a bigger fight. There are questions. Questions that need answering. I'm not really a Jedi. Then be a pirate Jedi. Empire put a bounty on you. You gonna try to collect? Skywalker's apprentice could lead us to other lost Jedi. I'm not afraid. It's what worries me. All right, Mike, here we go with Always Two There Are. The Rebel Fleet travels through space with Rex joining his new friends aboard the Ghost. Ezra is winding down from a day of Jedi training as one more exercise, levitating Chopper. Sabine playfully tells Chopper to lock it down. Ezra is, is unable to do it and gives up. Rex points out that he also needs to use his wits and common sense. Chopper had locked his feet to, uh, because Chopper has locked his feet to the ground. This leads to a heated exchange between Kanan and Rex, who says that the Jedi general he served had mixed his wits with the Force, making him a great warrior. Hera, meanwhile, has found an abandoned base from Rex's intel that might have supplies. She sends Sabine, Chopper, and Zeb uh, to the mission, and Ezra joins them. So, Mike, as we start this out, a little downtime for the Ghost crew and the Rebel Alliance as they uh, get ready for their next adventure, and Rex and Zeb are playing a little hollow chess. Uh, obviously, uh, a, a Star Wars vibe here. And you know what? I don't know if like I'm... If I'm just overthinking this or overseeing things sometimes because these shows, the Rebels and the Clone Wars, they do have a lot of callbacks. I mean, even the first episode of season two, it was like a callback to Jaws. Not necessarily Star Wars stuff, but even other franchises as well. But like I always see stuff now. Like this this particular scene had this Millennium Falcon going to Alderaan with Obi-Wan Harrison vibe to it. I mean, Han Solo vibe to it. You know what I mean? Like you have... Uh, Ezra doing his training. Sabine is kind of like the, the Han Solo type where she's kind of making jokes of it and all that. Uh, you have the two playing chess on the other side there. So I had a serious like Star Wars inside the Falcon yeah, vibe sure. to it for me. Uh, and then also, you know, like here's and here's an interesting thing about Rex and, and Kanan. It seems like, and I'll notice this a little bit later in episode two, they are... Not necessarily competing, but they both have an interest in in training and mentoring Ezra, and they get in this this exchange in the beginning here, and they get into another exchange later on. But I just think it's neat to see those two, yeah. and interesting to see where this is going to go between between those two because they both seem to have an affinity for Ezra, especially I think Rex is starting to because he sees so much of Anakin in him, and he talks again about Anakin about how he. Uh, you know, he combined wits with his with the force, and it made him like a great, great uh, general. So, um, and I just like I said, I love the back and forth between uh, Rex yeah, and uh, yeah. Did you get I'm any not, kind of vibe like that from this first uh, like intro other here? Than the obvious 
connection between the the hollow chess and and uh, and and a new hope um on in the millennium Falcon. Right, right um i didn't really really get that specific vibe but um but now that you point it out uh, it, there is something interesting going on there. I was, I think I'm, I think much more focused on, on uh, the relationship between Ezra and Rex, and how it's affecting the relationship between Kanan and Ezra, um, which is becoming kind of strange yeah. as a result yeah. of of this newfound sort of admiration that that Ezra has for Rex and the clones, um, but Rex in particular. There's something there, and, and I think you're right, like, Rex does mm-hmm. uh, see a bit of Anakin in Ezra, and so there there's a, there's a, I don't know, there's a connection there. Um, and and I think that, that mm-hmm. as, yeah. as... For sure. As we've kind of talked about already with Kanan, he has some misgivings about about the clones even still even after everything that happened in last week's episode mm-hmm. he still doesn't no, trust still. them a hundred percent so um and there's animosity there and if you're reading the Kane in comics you know why that is and it's not like the thing is is that if it were a one right. one time thing if it were a a singular moment i could understand people not not liking this aspect of it but um or getting a little bit frustrated with this storyline especially because we all love rex so we know that he can be trusted but kanan wasn't just he didn't just see clone troopers Mm -hmm. kill his master he was then hunted by clone troopers and had to go into hiding and become a new person like he had to leave behind his whole life yes yes and he was at a very impressionable age. And so, you know, everything everything bad in his life he blames on the clones. When like that's not necessarily the case. It's 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 Palpatine who's at fault there. And and interestingly enough, it's Vader. It's Anakin and Rex's Jedi general that he keeps referring to. But Rex also neglects to use Anakin's name and he keeps doing that and that leads me to believe that Rex knows he knows that Anakin is Vader and and he's just Mm. like leaving parts of the story he and sort of like almost refusing to acknowledge it and and just sort of remembering him as Anakin Skywalker right so I think like Rex might be in a little bit of denial there, but right, it's conspicuous. It's conspicuous how he's not saying Anakin Skywalker, how he would always say my my old Jedi general and stuff like that. That it's like uh, you're leaving out important parts of this story. But yeah, I it... right. No, I think you're right. I I, I like what you said about. Um... Maybe he does know, and and I never thought of that. I, I was because I, I did, I did wonder why. Like this is the second time he's referred to him like that, but he hasn't said a name. Like I'm sure, uh, well maybe not. I'm not sure, but would you think that Kanan would have heard yeah. of the name Anakin Skywalker? Um, 
I think he would have because there, he was. There's you a, know, there's a course, panel, the greatest Jedi ever. So maybe he would have known, but for some reason, he just came out this week. Yeah. That um, it's not like this is. Oh, really okay, I've read that one yet. There, him and some other Jedi, uh, some Padawans, are walking through the halls of the temple because it's kind of a flashback, and in one of the panels, walking the other direction. Like so, you only see him from the from behind, but it's clearly Anakin because he's got R two right next to him, mm-hmm. and one of the one of the other uh-huh. little like Padawan initiates, the <laughs> Jedi initiate, uh, is basically like rubbernecking and sort of like looking behind them at like, whoa, is that Anakin Skywalker? It's so, like they don't specifically say his name, and it's not really yeah, it's not it's not obvious, and it's also not really a part of the story, but. It, Anakin is there, so it's it, it, yeah. Like I, th- I think like Anakin mm-hmm. was definitely a gotcha a hero amongst the Jedi, uh, especially for the Padawans and Initiates, right? So yeah, I, I do think that that if mm-hmm. when I shouldn't yeah. say if when Kanan finds out that Anakin was both Ahsoka's master and Rex's general, I think that that's going to be a real source of, of, I, I, like at first it'll probably be like, really Anakin Skywalker. And then soon after it'll be like, well, wait until I finish the story. Right. Because I think that Rex has to tell Ahsoka because Ahsoka Mm. thinks that she knows she's pretty sure. And she was like, I have to go find some stuff out about this about this this Sith Lord um, and I think when she comes back and is like I think I think it might be Anakin Skywalker my old master and I, I think that that'll be the point when Rex has to stand up and go you know I didn't know how to tell anybody this but yes that is like Mm-hmm. Vader is Anakin. <laughs> yeah. Um, or he might do the same thing that Obi-Wan does and be like, yeah. no, Anakin Skywalker is dead. Right? The, so that might be the other reaction is like, no. Yeah. Anakin Skywalker doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, exactly. It's like the, the that, like that monster said, yeah. is is yeah. is you know, he's a he's a machine. He's not Mm-hmm. He's not the man I once knew, like that sort of thing. Like, and 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 sort of with the history that we have of the Clone Wars, and the way that Dave Filoni likes to tell stories, <clears throat> that's what I lean towards. That's sort of so I don't know, like that. <laughs> all of that is is very mm-hmm. uh, very roundabout way of saying that that the dynamic that I am focused on whenever Rex and Kanan are in the same room is that dynamic and i'm waiting to see how that story specifically plays out because i didn't expect rex to stick around like this uh he's part of their team now yeah i thought that that like ahsoka rex would be in this episode in in last week's episode well the two episodes and then they'd get back and he would go off with Ahsoka somewhere and, and it would be like this other storyline that's going on behind the scenes that we only check in with every once in a while of Ahsoka and Captain Rex flying around the galaxy doing whatever they're doing, right? And we, we would check in when it was important to our rebels. But instead what we're getting is this dynamic of Rex mm-hmm. 
trying to train Ezra to be a soldier in in the rebellion and Kanan trying to train him to be a Jedi. So, uh, and next week's episode that they're, they're going to come into conflict with that, right? So, um, yeah, I, I, I just it, it, I'm really focused on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there's more there's more going on than just that. I don't know. Rex Rex has to answer a lot of questions. Yeah, he has to answer sure. a lot of questions, and nobody's asking these questions. <laughs> he does, on the yeah. Show. I and and I feel like like you know they're they should be <laughs> at some point somebody should be asking you know yeah so were you a part of the empire or did you leave as soon as it turned or like like what's what exactly is the timeline but um, I'm sure we'll get our answer sooner or later mm-hmm. uh, but here I'll I'll continue uh, with our synopsis here yeah. uh, or recap. Uh, They arrive at the base, an old Republic medical station abandoned after the Clone Wars, and enter. Chopper says it's creepy, which Ezra somehow understands. He's learning to interpret the droid's bleeps and bloops. Uh, The group heads on into the darkness. They arrive at the command center, and Chopper powers up the entire station. The surge does not go unnoticed, uh, however, the Empire detects the base activation. And the fifth brother is confident it's the rebels. He departs alone. So uh, sort of in between this, we also notice something else on the station. Uh, Some little robot, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that this is the interesting part that they don't exactly explain in this episode. I think I think that the the seventh sister, she wasn't there. She wasn't on the station. But I think. I think I think uh, she's yeah, got that's a question these I are have, little yeah. probe droids, right? So I think that she's got them kind of all over right. the place. And and the thing is, is that if these are clone mm-hmm. clone wars era uh, uh, bases that that Rex kind of has them checking out, it's right. not it's not outside of, you know, reason for for certain Imperials to assume these might be good places to keep an eye on in case, right? It's like the, the very fact that when they power it up, it does right. ping the, the Imperial sort of network and say, you know, one of our old abandoned uh, uh, medical stations has just come back online. Um, so if, if the Seventh Sister was sort of already thinking along those lines and has these droids kind of all over the galaxy as soon as they arrive she then starts her way there which is how she's able to arrive just before the fifth brother because he's surprised to see her later on when we get to that point so so just like i don't know i that's how i interpreted it they didn't really they didn't really explain it very well in within the episode i don't think but but it is sort of part of that thing that Pablo was talking about in the recon that um, there's a competition and there's a pecking order. And and if he's the fifth right. brother and that's a higher rank than the seventh sister, then she might be trying to advance, right? So, um, so yeah, I don't know. I, just, I, I thought that that yeah. sort of required a little bit of uh, speculation slash explanation. 
Yeah, that's that's actually one of the questions I wrote down when I was watching this episode. I, I, I wrote down, you know, is the sister hiding out there or did she? I thought, thought the same type of thing that the those yeah. quote unquote probe droids or whatever you want to call them were kind of looking out for her. But yeah, there was a, a part that I had a question in mark. And like you said, it's the old Republic medical station. One of the many installations that Rex obviously knows that the empire may not know of. And, uh, and I also wrote this down too, that Ezra's starting to, um, yeah. understand some of the things that choppers the, the first time, the and, first and doing. Time so it's kind of funny. And then the last thing that was, they've explained uh, that some people can learn to speak to droids. Um, that they can speak speak binary or droid, yeah. that, that these droids uh, speak, which there's a deleted scene in mm-hmm. Return of the Jedi. It was Return of the Jedi, Revenge of the Sith. Um, and it's part of when when they're all captured, when when Grievous has has caught them in the uh-huh. red shielding or whatever, and when they're on their way there, I. Uh, Anakin whistle beeps at R2 to tell him what to do when they get oh, in yeah. to the mm-hmm. to the 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 bridge when they get on the bridge <laughs> but it was it's a deleted scene so it's actually it's on the blu-rays and everything uh, and I always thought that it was really interesting because it it mm-hmm. I think it adds a little bit more depth to Anakin's character and reminds us that he's a mechanic first and a Jedi Yeah, second. that's why I liked it. Um but uh, so it's kind of a shame that it got mm-hmm. that it got cut and it would have been really cool if they would have explored that in the clone wars but they never did yeah that's one of the scenes that i i thought would have been neat to see in there because it does it does show how the connection that he had with r2 and that he was able to to communicate with him and 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 just before i go on to the there's a scene with uh callus and the brother and how the installation alerts the empire and it was and it was again here my mind just goes to Empire and Admiral Ozzel because he just has that he's like channeling Admiral Ozzel in that moment like oh no it's just something don't worry about it then here comes the brother going no we're going there and you guys stay here I'll deal with it so it definitely you know it's like it's like it's you know they're they're starting to uh, I guess Callus is starting to lose his edge a little bit and he's starting to uh, like you said Mike by the end of this season we might not see him anymore so um, I'll continue here back at the base Chopper finds that its data files are corrupted. Without them, they'll never find the med supplies they're looking for. Sabine, Ezra, and Zeb leave to search for them, room by room. Chopper hears something from the hallway. He moves to investigate, but sees nothing until he hears something coming from behind. An ID-9 seeker droid. It zaps Chopper, who falls to the ground, managing to contact Ezra before the ID-9 can shut it down. Ezra leads the group back to Chopper, but they find something unexpected waiting for them. A new Inquisitor. The seventh sister. Ezra ignites his lightsaber while Sabine holds off the seeker droids. Both are overpowered and make hasty make a hasty retreat, but run into more trouble around the next corner. The fifth brother, another Inquisitor, is waiting. The two shadowy figures stalk our hero slowly, and the seventh sister closes in. She grabs Ezra through the force, and the Padawan destroys the door, uh, the door controls, at the last moment to give Sabine a chance to escape. Like a probe droid? My pet told me you were here. I've been searching for you for some time. A bounty hunter? Guess again. You're an inquisitor. Oh, good. I won't have to explain it to you. So, you know what comes next? Run! 
just like a Jedi. I'm learning. But not quite enough? So, Mike, we get our intro to Sarah Michelle Gellar and the Seventh Sister. And she has that altered voice, so it's not exactly her voice. But uh, some things I noticed, uh, the imperial cog on the shoulders of the, the outfits of both of these inquisitors. And Ezra recognizes her and calls her uh, an inquisitor. So he knows uh, wh- who these who these are. Um, and then, of course, Ezra engaging engaging the seven sister yeah. in a in a little bit of a lightsaber duel here which is kind of cool he's he's ready to, to he's ready for that kind of thing now it looks like although she does kind of take control fairly easy but uh check this out she breaks out the what we've seen before from the grand inquisitor the double-bladed uh you know spinning lightsaber which the brother has so so there is something with all these inquisitors using yeah. the same weapon, which is kind and, of interesting, and, and I don't know, I'm not sure exactly what they're going with that. It's all very reminiscent of General Grievous to me, right? Because General Grievous was not a mm-hmm. Jedi. He was not a Sith. He wasn't a Dark Jedi. He wasn't even a Force user. He just used lightsabers, and Dooku trained him to use them. But the, re- the only reason that, that Grievous was really even scary in that respect was that he had forearms and he could spin them around real fast. So I think that that's sort of... Um, it's one of those things where I said... You know, I, I said this a lot last season, where uh, the, the Inquisitor, the Grand Inquisitor, was not as powerful in the Force as Kanan was. Uh, or Kanan is. Um, right. But he was a he was definitely a more formidable swordsman, and that lightsaber was a difficult thing to deal with. I mean, Kanan eventually figured it out. I mean, he that's oh, yeah. one of the keys to defeating him at the end of the season. Um, but it seems to me like because uh, that that because these guys are not particularly powerful. It seems like like they've been given sort of mm-hmm. the, almost like a handicap, right? Um, that that they get they get this bonus thing uh, in order to make up for their shortcomings, um, because it <laughs> yeah. is like it's a, yeah. I, Ezra says it, um, referencing sort of the 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 Dajaric, uh, uh game at the beginning, <clears throat> something that Kanan says, which is that it's never a fair fight. And with the Inquisitors, it's mm-hmm. not fair. They they have two lightsabers stuck together that spin around, right? Like, how is that ever fair? Um, so, like, I think that's right. the whole point. Like, that's kind of the whole thing with those characters, with, with these Inquisitors, is that they all see... It seems to be standard issue. Um, they're, they're, their lightsabers are all different, but but they are they are all double bladed and they do all spin. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think that's, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting to see sort of the, the, the handicap that they, that they operate under. I, I handicap in the golf sense yeah, of like, right. 
they're given an advantage because they're not as skilled. Um, yeah. They're not as skilled, right? Well, the, the seventh sister too here takes on more of a a responsible and, and smarter role as opposed to the like the brute strength of of the brother. And uh, I, this is the first uh, inclination of like a power struggle yeah. that Pablo Hidalgo talked about in that thing about the struggle between the Inquisitor and who's going to take over the mantle of yeah. Of, uh, it, the I think spot. what's really so interesting is that these two characters really remind me a lot of two characters from the Clone Wars. And that's Asajj Ventress and Savage Opress, right? Um, Asajj mm, exactly. was always, uh, and it's not just because Asajj was was female, and so is is the seventh sister. Um, it's 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 more than that. It's the fact that that both of them were always m- more clever than the Jedi that they fought, right? Like like. That's sort of mm-hmm. the the hallmark of of Asajj Ventress is that it's not she was powerful she was strong in the Force, but she was also really smart smart enough to keep up with Obi Wan, uh, who himself was you know he was the negotiator mm-hmm. he was he was a he was a clever guy, um, so like she seems to share a little bit of that DNA in in the creation of her character. Um, and uh, and I think that that's really cool because I I, <laughs> I won't say anything because it's it would be too spoilery. But there's a there's an Asajj Ventures book that people yeah. should read. Um, so I mm-hmm. yeah, it, having having a character like that in Rebels is it's 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 familiar, but it's also brand new because she's a little bit different. She's a little bit more ruthless and and she's mm-hmm. a little bit more on the evil side, I think. Um, Because with Asajj, Mm -hmm. there was always... There's a little bit of it. There's a little bit of, like, sort of the playfulness that that Asajj Ventress had. I don't know. The the characters are very similar. And then with the fifth brother, he is very much... um, He kind of reminds me of, like, a shark. You know what I mean? Like he, cause he, that his mm-hmm. helmet oh, sort of yeah, gives yeah. him that flat top to the head and yeah. almost like a fin off the back of his head. And then he's got those big teeth and the scars on his face, which I think, I don't know if they're scars or if they're just sort of part of the way that species looks, which he's a brand new species, right? Um, mm-hmm. There's just something about him that like, it looks kind of like when you, when a shark has a scar on them. Right. Um, but uh, and and right. I think that that might be intentional. That he's supposed to be kind of shark-like, uh, but yeah. Uh, so he he seems to me a little bit more, um, of the 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 unstoppable force that they're gonna have to deal with. But it's cool because yes. it, it it puts a little bit more variety right. in it than last season, where the Inquisitor, um, the Inquisitor felt a little bit more like Count Dooku. You know what I mean? Like he was kind of mm-hmm. more of a commander and more of a, more like pulling the strings and didn't really get involved that often. But uh, yeah, these guys seem like they're a little bit more hands on. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, um, Sabine catches oh, ahead, up Mike, with Zeb, who wants to contact Kanan for help, but Sabine refuses. Any transmission could be detected and compromise the fleet. They'll have to save Ezra themselves. The seventh sister begins her interrogation of Ezra. There, uh, there are many hunting you now, she tells the boy. I have no plans to kill you yet. 
In the base, Sabine lays a trap for the Inquisitors, but the fifth brother senses their fear and turns the Mandalorian's bombs against her. The explosion rocks the corridor, and Sabine and Zeb are sent flying backwards. Sabine is knocked unconscious, and the fifth brother gathers her. The other is yours, he tells the droid. Do as you will. The ID-9s attack Zeb, sending electricity through his body. He squashes them and realizes he's in the, su the supply room they were looking for. On this one, um, the one thing I did notice about this particular scene was that the, the fifth brother, um, he's able to, I mean, these, these Inquisitors know the Force fairly well, and we get a couple instances of that. And here's one of them where he's able to sense the fear and to locate them. Um, the, you know, I talk about um, Sabine and, and, uh, and Zeb. She was, yeah, she, he's able to, to sense that and, and use the force. So these, so these inquisitors are very uh, well-versed in the force, and we'll see that a little bit more um, towards the end here. Uh, the seventh sister continues her interrogation using, uh, using dark side techniques to inflict pain on Ezra. Still, he refuses to give up the whereabouts of the rebel fleet. The inquisitors say uh, they, know, uh, they know Ahsoka Tano is alive, and she will do what it takes to make Ezra talk. Can you just not cooperate? Why do you compel me to inflict pain? You know we'll find the others, so why not just tell me where they are? Because, unlike you, I can shut up. You're like a broken protocol droid. Your fear well. Poor child. If only you had the power to protect your friends. Shows what you know. I'm growing more powerful every day. Unfortunate there's no one left to train you. The Jedi of old are dead. Not all of them. We know about Ahsoka Tano. Who's Ahsoka Tano? As pretty as you are. What? I only need you alive. That doesn't mean in one piece. Now, where's Ahsoka Tano? So, Mike, I got to ask, um, you know, the sister, she talks about, uh, she knows about Kane and, and the Jedi Order. And uh, she even quotes as saying, uh, master, your master never achieved the rank of Jedi Knight. She's talking about Kanan. Uh, so, um, wow. And here's the thing. What's going on? They're, they're, they're looking for Ahsoka. So I wonder if Vader has them on a mission to not maybe not necessarily go after the rebels anymore, but look out for and go after Ahsoka because she's going to be the key to this rebel alliance going any further. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Well, yeah, they're focused think, on Ahsoka on this. I think that this is twofold, right? Because we do we, we saw the scene where where Vader told the Emperor that, that his, you know, the, the Padawan of Anakin Skywalker lives and and um palpatine says you know we need to find her she may be the key to drawing out other lost jedi right like that was that was kind mm -hmm. of how siege of lothal ended um but knowing vader as well as we do i and we've been down yeah. this road before or we will be down this road eventually we will. Um, <laughs> yeah. And depending on how you feel about the Force Unleashed and where that fits in the continuity, I, I, so let's say in an alternate reality, I, 
Vader is very fond of secret apprentices. Um, and he's got this mm-hmm. plan that, that if he can just get an apprentice, that they could, that they could defeat the emperor. Right. And bring order to the galaxy. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and then he would no longer be the bad guy that he has to be while the emperor is around. Um, so I think I think that that there's sort of like, and I think that this is how the season will kind of come to a head, is that the inquisitors are kind of working for Palpatine, but Vader is on his own quest to find Ahsoka. <clears throat> Yeah, and and you and and you know why is because like you just said, he yeah. wants to turn her, and that is that is so freaking cool yeah. to think that we could possibly get a point where he's tempting her to the yeah. dark side to go after, uh, just like he did with Luke and right? Empire. Oh yeah. my gosh, can you believe? Holy yeah, like God, I will be mind. surprised if yeah. that doesn't happen because this is sort of it's yeah. it's not just Vader's thing. This is a Sith thing. This is what they do, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're always kind of looking. Like Dooku had Asajj Ventress, and and his whole plan was that eventually Asajj would be powerful enough that they could defeat Palpatine. But Asajj was never that powerful, or at least not in in Dooku's eyes. Um, and I think that's because Asajj was never quite, she was never quite full, fully dark, right? There's always that mm-hmm. little bit of light. Um, and I think there was always that little bit of light in Dooku as well. Like the two of them were originally Jedi. And so like, there's a, there's another dynamic going on there, but, um, yeah, like I think that that's a Sith thing to mm-hmm. the only one that we know of that didn't try it was, was Darth Maul and we don't know for sure <laughs> right like maybe he did at some point try and and, and yeah. uh, uh, gain an apprentice but yeah I, I would be very surprised if that's yeah. not where this is going if at some point you know uh, one of these inquisitors doesn't meet their end at the the blade of Darth Vader right that, uh, mm-hmm. that, that he doesn't finish one of them off and then sort of say to Ahsoka, you know, they, they, they only want to destroy you, but join me and we could defeat the Emperor and yeah. and restore the Whoa, Jedi wow. Order or yeah. something like that, right? That, like, his... Because yeah. it's Anakin, so his, his twisted perspective is that if he can just... <clears throat> if he can just defeat the Emperor, he can put everything back the way it was. Right, like that's kind of his whole mm-hmm. thing. Is like he's gonna put it back the way it was. Semicolon, only better this time because I'll be in charge. Right, like it's sort of that's the Darth Vader yeah. uh, uh, motivation right there. Is is like you know this the ends justify the means, and that's that's very much an Anakin thing as well. Of like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, we're building a Death Star, and that's totally evil. But and you know we're gonna blow up planets and kill thousands, if not millions, of people all at once. Uh, but the whole point is that this will bring order to the galaxy, and people will stop fighting, right? Like there's always that Anakin yeah. Skywalker behind everything. So I think that that's where it's going. Um, 
and I think that the Inquisitors will have an important role to play in that because I there's some good there's some good twists and turns in in that sort of an idea. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I never thought that because when you think of Ahsoka, you always think of her as you know she was a young girl and then she grew up and and she's always been gooder than good you know I never even thought of of turning and anything like that but the fact that she has such a relationship with Anakin and uh the way they left each other and just the fact that somehow when she finds out that Anakin is Vader then when Vader says hey you know help me and come with me or whatever he does to try to seduce her there's going to be a struggle there for her I think because she's so connected to Anakin and uh wow what a i just i just never thought i could go there but it just kind of blew my mind just thinking about that just like oh wow that would be an amazing moment you know before they have before possibly she says no and they end up fighting or something like that that'd be crazy wow um and just before we continue mike um this is where the part where the sister says um the death of the grand inquisitor presents uh the rest of us with the opportunity so again they're talking about uh, ranking up, possibly you're getting that uh, prestige of uh, being the grand, the new, the next Grand Inquisitor. So, but wow, some crazy stuff about Ahsoka. I love that. Um, let's continue. Mike, go ahead. Uh, <clears throat> finally, the fifth brother finally. delivers Sabine. Uh, Ezra still refuses to talk, but then a message comes through on the comlink. It's Zeb pretending to be a commander. He says he will meet them at Bay 6 and is bringing the other rebels. So it's the, the return of Commander uh, uh, Meilurun. Which, which was, uh, the, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 in Fight or Flight, they actually re- uh, used Commander Meilurun as well as, a, as an Imperial officer. So uh, I thought that, mm-hmm. that, was, that was a funny callback. Um, oh, and the yeah. Meilurun fruit, so <laughs> yeah. the, the fruit was the one that... Uh, that in in fight or flight that Hera made them go get, made them go find. Right, right. The, uh, they arrived at base six, and Ezra remembers his orders. Chin up, looking up, he spots Zeb in the Phantom anchoring anchored to the ceiling. Ezra and Sabine use the alar- alarming sight as a diversion and run from their captors. The Inquisitors ready their weapons, deflecting the Phantom's blasts. Ezra draws his lightsaber back to his hands, and the rebels run onto the ghost. Before they can escape, however, the Inquisitors pull the ship back through the, the might of the Force and begin to close the blast doors. When Sabine opens fire, the fifth brother is forced to let go of the Phantom. With the seventh sister unable to hold, uh, able to hold on, the ship speeds away. So here's again where I'm talking about, we talked about this earlier, uh, both of them have enough power in the Force that they're able to hold a ship, which has you know, got a lot of force, and the doors, they're able to close the doors. So... That's some pretty powerful stuff for Inquisitors. So I'm kind of I was kind of shocked yeah. to see that, but uh, you know that's the Grand Inquisitor, like you said, Mike earlier. He had a lot of power. He just Anan was just a little better at the yeah. Force. Uh, he was a great mark uh, uh, swordsman, but like you said, they, these these two seem to have a, a great hold on the Force and how to use it. So uh, I, I thought that was another good example of showing their uh, their power. Uh, let's finish it up, Mike, and we'll, we'll yeah. talk about this last uh, step. Good plan, Zeb, Ezra says. The Lasat says it wasn't a big deal, but he was able to grab some medical supplies and save them all by himself. Uh, Chopper protests that he helped too, which Zeb finally acknowledges. The Phantom returns to the ghost, and the team tells of what happened. 
Zeb wants to know why Kanan didn't tell them there were more Inquisitors, and Ezra informs his master that the Empire knows about Ahsoka. Left alone with Hera and Rex, Kanan admits that he didn't know there were other Inquisitors, and admits he has no idea what the Rebels are up against. Yeah, we do. About the two Inquisitors we just ran into. Inquisitors? Yes, two. We got lucky. Zeb saved us. Without him, things could have been bad. Well done, soldier. It was a group effort. Those Inquisitors are nasty business. Kanan, why didn't you tell us there were more of them? Sato is going to need a full report on this. Well, we did get the medical supplies. Some of them. Well, that's good news. I'll meet you three on the command deck. Kanan, they knew about Ahsoka. I'll tell her. Did you know there was more than one? No, I didn't. Do you think Ahsoka knows? I honestly don't know. We really have no idea what we're up against. So, Mike, uh, Kanan, um, wow, does he know? Does does he know about the Inquisitors or not? I mean, he did take a while for him to to answer Hera and the looks he gave, and it just I, I know there's been some talk on on some of the websites that I've seen whether he knows that there's more Inquisitors. I don't I don't know why he would know. Um, just maybe because of the Grand Inquisitor, maybe he figured it out that there's probably well, more of these. The, the, the Grand me. Inquisitor said uh, just before he died, you know, they'll, they'll be coming for you. They'll all be coming. Right. So. Mm. Oh, okay. Gotcha. The, the, yeah, yeah. Like the, I think that there was a slight hint at it, but I think, I don't think that that means that Kanan knew what was happening. Right. I think it's totally mm-hmm. fair for Kanan to, to like, I think in that moment he put it together. He was like, yeah. oh, that's what he meant, right? Is that mm-hmm. there's more Inquisitors and now they're all after us. So, um, right. yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely foreboding. And, and, you know, there's, here's two of them that we know about. And I don't know, do you think we'll see any more this season or do you think it'll just be these two? Uh, you know, I'd love to see more this season, um, to see and, and to find out just how many, because, you know, as, as Pablo said in that clip we played earlier, he said there's a small yeah. number of them. So, uh, you know, maybe it is only yeah. seven, maybe she's the last one and she's working her way up and, and I don't know, man, I'd love to see more this season, but I, I don't know if we will, um, I just I I like where they're going with this, and I like the fact that there's a power struggle within these within these inquisitors. Um, and I think I think you're really honest something though, especially now that I think about it with with the way they have the clothes and they have the imperial cog, like they're they're marked. Like maybe this is more of a emperor thing. I, I think, and, and, yeah. and the Vader thing is separate. I think yeah, that yeah, these that the inquisitors are uh, Dave Filoni and Pablo Hidalgo trying to rewrite the emperor's hand back into back mm-hmm. into the 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 canon, canon right yeah. so um i don't yeah. I, i'm not saying that you know i i think that we're going to see Mara jade or anything but um 
I do think like this is their way of saying like marriage aid might not specifically be part of the canon, but the idea of that character is a good idea, right? And mm-hmm. that there there could potentially be these force sensitive soldiers, um, detectives, kind of in a way, right? That that would go out there and deal with special things that the Inquisitor wants dealt, or that the Emperor wants dealt with, in particular, for sensitive children. Which mm-hmm. I think we're going to see more of in later episodes. Yeah, right, right. Uh, you know, in the clip we play before each, uh, the recap segue we yeah. play, uh, it even says in there, you know, the red blades are coming. So it means to yeah. think that even, even regular people know about, maybe they don't know they're Inquisitors, yeah. but they know they're bad, yeah. bad, uh, bad some bad juju there uh but that's the episode there um pretty good episode yeah, yeah. you know one off one off episode we got introduced to the, the inquisitors which is cool to, to some new characters yeah, sarah sure. michelle geller's killing it um yeah and then yeah. i also i also yeah. do really like um i can't remember the actor's name but uh the guy who's playing the fifth brother he's got a mm-hmm. little bit of like a, a the collector from uh from guardians of the galaxy benicio oh, del yeah. toro but like yeah. he's kind of even even in the physical appearance of the character like if Benicio del Toro was going to be a villain in a Star Wars movie I feel like this is what he would look like now <laughs> Benicio yeah. del Toro is going to be a villain in a Star Wars movie Yeah I'm so, to say isn't he in I, yeah he's going to be the, I mean it, I think it's it's kind of rumor cuz it hasn't been officially announced by Lucasfilm but he himself right. has talked about it publicly that was it Rogue One or episode, uh, episode eight? eight? And oh, so, okay. what? How crazy would it be if if he is the fifth brother? If the mm-hmm. Inquisitors are related to the Knights of Ren, because we I found swear. out that the design for the fifth brother was actually taken from a design for the force awakens like what if we find out that all this is way more connected than we thought and benicio (laughs) del toro is the fifth brother in episode eight i mean that would be that would be ridiculous right uh, yeah i don't know that's just me spitballing and saying like there's some similarities here but uh (laughs) or maybe related in some way and you know who knows who knows yeah because like the (laughs) thing is is that pablo and dave filoni are both on the story group like they're part of the story group. oh yeah which yeah. means they know what's happening they mm-hmm. know who who the characters are in episode eight they probably know the characters in episode nine because because i uh, um um oh my goodness uh the guy who directed uh, uh jurassic world uh, colin trevorrow yeah, colin yeah. trevorrow is writing episode nine right now and episode eight has already begun filming like man Every time I think about all that, that there is <laughs> yeah. episode, uh, sorry, uh, yeah, episode seven is seven weeks away. Rogue One is a year away, a year and seven yeah. or so weeks. Uh, Almost done. Yeah. They are filming Rogue One as Sorry. we speak, like sort of right yeah. now, uh, which means that it's written, it's like it's happening. They are, they have begun filming or at least done some initial photography for, for episode eight. <laughs> and they are already developing the script for episode nine. And yeah. and they've also got this script out there for the Han Solo anthology Han Solo. film that that the uh the the um Phil Lord and, and uh and uh 
Oh man, I, I'm drawing a blank on his name too. I know you're talking about. Yeah, and Miller, uh, Chris Miller, Chris Miller are, are, yeah. are are working on as well. Like there are there are all these Star Wars movies, and then and then there's also another movie that they're working on that they're not talking about yet, right? Because mm-hmm. there was the the Josh Trank one that got sidelined oh, because yeah. Josh yeah. Trank had several meltdowns and Simon Kinberg said, don't go anywhere near him. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he decided that it wasn't a good idea for him to go from Fantastic Four to Star Wars. That's the official party line, but yeah. it's, a, it's a load of malarkey. Yeah. I said it. I called it at <laughs> Celebration. When he didn't come out. When he didn't show up. When yeah, he didn't was show up, clip. I said, something's going yeah. on. Yeah, something's not, up. Right. And then when all the rumors started flying about Fantastic Four, I was like, "The the I believe the proof is in the pudding in this one," and yeah. uh, and and Josh Trank is being uh, politely removed from any further projects <laughs> that Simon Kinberg has anything to do with because Simon Kinberg, executive producer on Star Wars Rebels, yeah, right, as well as I think one I. Uh, uh, is he one of the executives on The Force Awakens? I don't think so. But I don't think so. No, he is on. No. He, I'm pretty sure he is on one of the movies that, yeah. that he either Rogue One or, or maybe Rogue the Han Solo yeah. one or something like that. But he's yeah. he's closely involved with with new Star Wars at Disney. So mm. that says to me like all the junk that they went through. You can go on the internet and find out all this stuff that happened with the Fantastic Four and and uh, Josh Trank. But uh, yeah, they went. Nope, get rid of him. <laughs> yeah um, like they gave that. him a plug kathleen kennedy is a, a good person and said quit now tell everybody that you don't want to do it and we won't say that you were fired yeah <laughs> right like yeah. like she she's like i don't want to ruin your career but you know if time i will go. if i have to time to go <laughs> yeah sort of thing <laughs> but i i yeah don't uh, make me play hardball but, uh, yeah um yeah yeah, you know, it's, it blows me away, like you said, that we have, we're have we still haven't got... We're getting close to Force Awakens, but there's so many other things that are right around the corner and filming, and it's just like blows your mind. Like, wow, this is going to be it's, great. It's all happening right now. Oh, like, man. As we sit here talking about this episode of Star Wars Rebels, and we're going like, oh, aren't these Inquisitors neat? I, it would... It would really surprise me if the Inquisitors... And and the storylines in Star Wars Rebels are not being taken seriously in the context of of how they tie into the movies because like this is this after the movies this is the next biggest thing mm-hmm. right like right. there's all these people watching Star Wars Rebels why wouldn't they be connecting the dots but yeah um, yeah well, well we'll see if we get yeah. some we get some uh, crossover from Rebels and like we've heard so many, so many times before in Rogue One. So, yeah. uh, hey, next time on Star Wars Rebels, the episode is entitled Brothers of the Broken Horn. And, and uh, trying to escape the pressure of being a Jedi, Ezra responds to a distress call with Chopper. The ship in distress belongs to Hondo Anaka, who has an offer for Ezra. A distress signal? I wonder what happened. Hello there. How do you deal with a pirate? I am Hondo Onaka. Lie. Who are you? I'm Lando Calrissian. Steel. This could come in handy if he gives us trouble, John. And G. There are only four crates. You were supposed to bring me five. Well, the droid had the fifth crate. Droid? Are you a pirate scum? <laughs> 
All right, Mike. Hey, a fan favorite, Hondo, is back in the Rebels. As, well, I'm pretty excited yeah, about that. As I posted online, uh, when when the clip of Hondo Onaka, I, I, and uh, that moment when Ezra goes like, oh, I'm Lando Calrissian. <laughs> um, yeah. It's a great clip, and you can find it on our page, on our Facebook page. I, when I posted that on my personal timeline, I was like, I think I have a new favorite episode of, <laughs> I of saw that, Star yeah. Wars Rebels because... Yeah. Uh, Hondo's back. Hondo's and back. Yeah, he looks a little different too. He does. He looks a little different, and yeah. uh, but he's still he's still out there in the galaxy. He's still kicking. Yeah. Um, and uh, and as we talked about, I think it was last week with the trailer that there's the Hondo Anaka banner uh, in, oh, in the yeah. episode seven trailer, yeah. <laughs> which tells me personally in my own headcanon until I'm told otherwise that Hondo and the Anaka gang are still cruising around the galaxy 30, I, yeah. I, some 30 <laughs> odd years later I, I yeah and i'm going to choose to believe that until somebody proves otherwise yeah I, but man i am so excited hondo yeah. being uh my favorite um character from the clone wars my favorite my favorite yeah. original character that they created out of the clone wars so i'm super psyched to have him back and to have uh, jim cummings Yes. Uh, who is you know one of the voices of my childhood uh being the voice of winnie the pooh and tigger uh not to mention most importantly darkwing duck right <laughs> so to have him to have him back is always a good thing because he's yeah. just such a great great performer yeah and, uh, uh, he's gonna bring a lot of a lot of fun, a lot of humor back to it. I think this will be a lot like the Lando episode from from season one, where it's like it's sort of a, it's gonna sort of take us outside of of the regular storyline um, and be just like a nice little diversion. just a fun episode. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say for fun. with with the way they do Hondo. I mean, they they write him so well and he's so funny and and like you said, Cummings just killing it as as Hondo. So I'm pretty excited to see what they do with him. Yeah. Uh, that's going to do it for this week, though, Mike. We are out of here. Yeah, that's it. Thank you guys for listening. As always, uh, you can keep up to date with all the latest and greatest Star Wars Rebels news by heading to rebelspodcast.com, our home on the internet, where Tim does an excellent job, uh, best in the biz, at, uh, at posting that news as soon as possible. So if you want to go to the dedicated place for Star Wars Rebels news. Tim, make sure that that is rebelspodcast.com. Um, you won't have to sort through anything else. It is just Star Wars Rebels. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rebelspodcast and on Twitter at rebelspodcast. You can follow me personally on Twitter at arkwolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F, and you can follow Matt at the crankster yes uh that's crankster with a k yes uh and uh and and of course we are part of the thunder quack podcast network we are not the only star wars podcast over there of course you can go back and you can listen to the backlog of all of our 138 episodes uh of of uh frontlines the clone wars podcast and uh and you can also listen to tim and kyle over at uh star wars the saga continues um there are lots of other great podcasts at thunderquack.com, uh, which is the home of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. So you should go check out all of those, see if there's anything that you like. And uh, and if you do like the podcast that we produce, uh, we wouldn't mind it at all if you headed over to patreon.com slash thunderquack 
and chipped in a couple of bucks. Every dollar helps us bring uh, new, exciting, awesome podcasts to you guys. So, uh, so there there are perks, just just like Kickstarter, but uh, but it's on a monthly basis. It's on an ongoing basis. So, of course, all of our podcasts are free. But if you want to take advantage of some special perks, like getting early episodes of the Rebels podcast, you can do that by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack. Uh, that's it for this week, and uh, we will catch you guys next week for Brothers of the Broken Horn. See you next week. watching again uh okay so here this is the original synopsis for this book it's star wars before the awakening which is the book that has like the three stories about finn ray and poe and uh, the the original synopsis on amazon in english says a companion piece to the journey to star wars the force awakens character novels Star Wars Before the Awakening is an anthology book that focuses on the lives of Rey, Finn, and Poe before the events of Star Wars The Force Awakens. It's interesting that Rey gets top billing in that. Um, mm-hmm. And then she gets it in, in this other one as well. This is the Spanish synopsis. <clears throat> before they united in the fight against evil, Rey, Poe, and Finn led very different lives. Rey was a lone scavenger on the desert planet of Jakku. Poe was a pilot for the Republic... And Finn was only FN2187, a hmm. promising but reluctant stormtrooper. Hmm. These are their stories. This is what happened before the Awakening. Huh. Uh, so Poe was a pilot for the Republic, which leads me to, I'm, you know, I'm going to include this at the end of the episode. Um, and I'll just let people know that after the credits, we've got spoilers. Um, Force Awakens spoilers. Because I think this is really interesting and I have some theories. <clears throat> So, um, so Poe was a pilot for the Republic, is what this says, mm-hmm. and this is before the movie, right? So my my theory is that the planet that we see destroyed mm-hmm. is is uh, have you you've read Aftermath? Right? No, I haven't finished it. No, I've started it. Oh, okay. Well, <clears throat> but you're mm-hmm. into it, so and this isn't really a spoiler, but. Um, Mon Mothma wants to set up <clears throat> the Republic not on Coruscant but on Chandrilla where mm-hmm. she's from right 
so that like that's where oh. they set up the new republic um so my guess is that the, at somewhere near the beginning of the movie they blow mm-hmm. up chandrilla that the first order destroys the the senate and the like basically the seat of the republic so like mon mothma and 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 a bunch of other characters die right at like near the beginning of the movie and then the republic becomes the resistance because if they don't have any like if there's no uh, government yeah mm-hmm. no government anymore then they've suddenly they've suddenly had to switch from you know, I, 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 a functioning government like a militia, to yeah. the yeah. resistance against the First Order, right? Um, like, whatever's left of them. And, and so I think, like, Princess Leia will, will end up being basically the de facto leader or something to that effect. We've heard that, that Admiral right. Akbar is in, is in the movie. So, uh, yeah, so I think, that, I think that that's what that points at. The other thing that's really interesting is that Finn his his designation and i don't remember we he the toy yells out a Mm -hmm. string of numbers i don't know if it was Mm. fn2187 i think it might have been but it didn't until i saw it in writing i didn't put it together that his name's not actually finn Oh, his that's name is FN two one eight seven. Yeah, he's a, like just like a clone trooper. Like she, he probably said, like Ray probably says, "What's your name?" And he goes, "I'm FN two one eight seven. And she goes, "I'm just gonna call you Finn, <laughs> right?" Like that's and so that's why it's important that he doesn't have a last <laughs> yeah. name because he, is a he doesn't have a last name, right? So like what Jade is actually a bit of a misdirect. It's not that he's related to anybody. Yeah. It's that he's not related to anybody, so he might be a new clone. Mm. Um, and I think it'll be really interesting if, or or just taken from his family or something like that. But I think it'll be really interesting for all of those uh, really angry uh, racist fans. I'm not even really wanting to call them fans, but racist people who like Star Wars. Um, that uh, they're all upset that there's a black stormtrooper. To find out that, like, <laughs> yeah. maybe all the stormtroopers are black. Mm. <laughs> maybe they're all John Boyega, right? New, like, maybe he's... New Jangors. Maybe he's, yeah. like, uh, <laughs> Tamar Morrison, right? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I don't know. I just thought that that was really interesting. Because it, it, it's one of those things where, like, it... it this answers absolutely nothing, and... Po- Poe was a pilot for the Republic. Yeah. The Republic and the Resistance might just be interchangeable, right? Like the, the so it's totally like at yeah. this point, I don't think that any of that is spoilers, but it is. I don't know. It's somewhat revealing, right? Which is sort of how everybody's referring to it. It's like the revealing yeah. synopsis. Um, so yeah, I'm surprised that they. I, I thought that was really, really. You know, like as tight-lipped as as they are with this movie, that they let stuff like this slip through. Like, unless it's, unless it really doesn't mean anything. But gosh, dang it! Yeah, that and this commercial, like you said, like she's definitely dressed in Ray's outfit. You know, and she's will, and she's, and she's got. Uh, yeah. I mean, shows first order stormtroopers. You know. Um, what. 
Yeah, it's interesting because it shows First Order Stormtroopers, but then right. the kid is, he is supposed dressed to be Luke? kind of Obi-Wan-ish, right? Like he's sort of yeah. in a generic Jedi outfit. I, I don't know what's <laughs> going funny. on there. I don't know, man. It's really interesting. It's really interesting. I mean, like, I, I think that we can probably say with some yeah. certainty that Ray is a Skywalker solo, right? Like, I don't know. I'm... I'm I'm like ninety percent sure at this point that she is because why why else I mean like she's on a fucker, right and the fact that that right. um, that Finn has Anakin's lightsaber I think is just a total misdirect I think it's just a total mm. misdirect and that by the end of the movie both of them have lightsabers right and that she I I. Yeah. I like I, I, I say in the post on Starkiller base, you know, uh, prepare to make the jump to conclusions. But Delusion, yeah. <laughs> I I don't know. I am I I'm probably reading too much into it, but at the same time it never occurred to me that if Luke dies that somebody ends up with his lightsaber. Right? Mm-hmm. And so if she's a Skywalker yeah. or you know, um uh, even if she's technically got the last name solo then uh, that makes so much sense, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Anyways. I just want to see, I want to see Luke fight though again. Yeah. Uh, I think he will. And, and to be, be like a master, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like show some serious, yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy to think. But yeah, wow. Well, we are seven weeks away. Yeah. <laughs> seven weeks to episode seven. It's like it's, forever though yeah yeah but man it's been it's been almost two weeks since the trailer yeah that's true like yeah and the trailer feels like it was just yesterday Mm. true oh boy Uh, 